Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. We've got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Back Ram fans, episode 155, and this is a special episode. We have our roundtable with two diehard Ram fans, Paul Wallia and Tom Kortz, both extremely informed on what's going on with the Rams. Tom is the host of the Downtown Rams Spaces podcast. Paul, a longtime East Coast Rams fan. Our discussions are always a lot of fun. Over an hour of content. We look back at last season, what went wrong. A few things went right. We'll talk about that too. What players disappointed us, which players we should be happy about. And then, of course, we're going to look forward to to the 2023 season. What free agents do we need to bring back? What positions we need to draft? We touch on pretty much everything. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. And you can also watch that on our YouTube channel as well. I am not going to get into the conference championship games in this episode. We'll have an extra drop on Saturday dedicated to that, along with a couple of other things. We're just going to get through some real quick news and get to the roundtable. Really, all the news I have to share with you has to do with coaching. The Rams are interviewing Austin King for the offensive line coaching position. King is currently an assistant offensive line coach with the Bears, played for the Bucks and the Falcons. 
The Chargers have requested an interview with Rams special offensive assistant Greg Olson. Olson has quite the resume. He's coached with seven different NFL teams. He's currently on his third stint with the Rams. Remember, he was with the Rams in St. Louis. And Thomas Brown is interviewing for the commander's offensive coordinator job and has already interviewed for the Texans' head coaching job. And, of course, Raheem Morris getting lots of interest. I think Morris will be heading back to the Rams, though. We're going to have a guest on the show in the next two or three weeks, an expert on draft prospects on college players. So look forward to that. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel, We have just started a series of six mock drafts where we are taking edge, cornerback, and tight end in every possible order. And then when we're done, we'll make an assessment of which order worked out best for the Rams. Let's get to that roundtable with Tom and Paul here in a second. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big with DraftKings. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Personally, I'm rolling with the Bengals and Eagles to meet in Super Bowl 57. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey everybody, Mark from Rams Up here, and I have Paul Walia and Tom Quartz back. We haven't done this in a while, and we are going to cover all things Rams today. We have a little outline that we're going to try to follow here. We'll probably go off on tangents. We always do, but what we're going to try to do here is the first thing we're going to try to do is look back at the 2022 season and then we're going to look forward at the 2023 season. Hey, Paul, how you doing? You got your Georgia Bulldog shirt on. Is that what I see? Oh, yeah. Paying homage to the national champions, SEC pride. Um, and shout out to all the – and obviously this is for Matthew Stafford, really, and for the rest of the uh, Ramley that, uh, for example, Darion Kendrick, and I know Ernest Jones is uh, from Georgia as well. It's been a rough season, so figure I'd pay a little uh, – tribute to the uh, national champs a year from now uh maybe you'll be sporting a usc polo shirt and oh dare to dream dare to trojans championship hey Hey. tom what's going on with you oh go ahead paul what's that some of the greatest ram football john robinson days oh yeah right um and tom how are you what are you up to Oh, hey, how's it going? No, just uh, enjoying watching some playoffs without being in them um, uh, a little bit, obviously. It's a little uh, a little different feeling. So, uh, you know, just enjoy watching football as a fan and and um, not, uh, you know, uh, worrying about everything Rams uh, at this time of the year. So it's a little a little uh, glass uh, one tenth full. I won't say it's half full. But yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's funny how uh, I find myself losing interest. I was watching UCLA basketball yesterday, and the game ended, and then I was like, "Oh wait, I think there's a football game starting about now." 
And this will be the year, another year I'll go golfing on Super Bowl Sunday, the best golf year. If you're golfers, uh, that's, that's a hot tip for you. You can get on really nice courses, sometimes at a discount, and it's wide open. So, hey, let's get started on this. Um, so the first one we wanted to talk about is obviously we're going to look back. Well, let's start with some hot news that might be cooking in the background here. We should probably we can't ignore the some of the stuff going on with the Rams. And so what's your take, Tom? I'll start with you. Who do, Who's going to be the Rams next offensive coordinator? Do you have any inside information on that? I, I do. I actually, uh, uh, McVay and I have been chatting. He's, it's going to be Matt LaFleur. It's just a matter of time until he announces it. No, I'm Mike kidding. LaFleur. I mean, Mike LaFleur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, no, I don't, of course, I don't have inside information. I'm just, I just think that that's where they're headed. Um, I think it's a good fit for them. Uh, and I just, uh, uh, I don't see Reich as a good fit, but that, that's my personal opinion. Well, they, I saw they're interviewing uh, Joshua. I'm not even sure how to pronounce his last name. Is it Alton, the Broncos? You think that's just uh, not a, a, a serious interview? Or they're just doing their due diligence? That was one of the roughest offenses I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe they're doing due diligence. Who knows? I, I think uh, – I think Lafleur is the um, is the outside favorite, though. And um, hey, Paul, do you what do you think's going on with this Jalen Ramsey talk? Uh, I gave Tom a homework assignment before this to talk about Jalen Ramsey's contract, but do you think there's any truth to this this rumor that Jalen Ramsey the Rams are moving on from him? I have my opinion, but what do you think's going on here? I think after the Tyreek Hill trade, I think that's why I, I, you're starting to see all the Jalen Ramsey talk. I think there's a very comparable scenario. But me I, personally, I think trading Jalen Ramsey would be a mistake. I know it's it's a rough it's a rough cap hit, but um, you know, listen, especially you know if you take a look away the NFL is played now and the difficulties teams are having uh, playing man man coverage um, with all these uh, layered. Uh, crossing routes, which are really problematic for defenses. I think someone like Jalen Ramsey is invaluable. I think he's going to stick around. I think the Rams are aware of that. Unless they get an offer that is just absolutely off the charts, um, yeah. I, he'll be around. What, what did you find out, Tom, as far as the cap hit? I looked yes, at spot it's, track and it's almost ni- Yeah, it's almost, ni- it's almost $20 million, $19.6 million of um, dead money that they've already paid him uh, in, in, uh, in bonuses. And then um, his salary this year would be, I think, twenty uh, would be seventeen million um, to the team that got him. So is a, this is this all just because of his one tweet? Is that the only data we have on him on the Rams uh, supposedly moving on from Jalen Ramsey? Is there any other facts behind this? Uh, I think that people were were thinking about it, including uh, you know at least I can speak for myself, me. Um, you know, wonder wonder if they could get something for Jalen now, um, at, you know, in case that he he declines any further uh, or poor, plays more poorly in the future. But um, so I think it was on people's minds. And then when they saw the tweet, they um, it kind of solidified some of those opinions. I, for one, agree with Mark wholeheartedly. I mean, with Paul wholeheartedly on this, that if they get a, a you know, a couple of firsts and a second or some crazy offer, um, they'll take it. But otherwise, I just don't know what they would do in terms of uh, filling that spot, it would not only cost them, um, 
if they were to sign, say, a free agent, which they would almost nest, almost absolutely have to. Uh, I don't think Kobe Durant is our is our cornerback uh, one going into next season. So they're going to have to sign somebody, uh, and that would cost them their their number one um, comp pick, um, most certainly if they sign somebody of, of any value. So it, it, there's a lot going on here. Twenty million in dead cap, um, a comp pick loss if you sign a big free agent cornerback, and uh, it just all starts to add up to. Plus, the probably fact they're not going to probably even replace Jalen Ramsey in terms of skill and what he brings to the table. So I'm, I'm with Paul, unless it's, unless it's a monster, unless it's a monster offer, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. I think uh, Jalen Ramsey, when he's focused and on his game, um, he's still one of the top defenders in the league. Uh, he just, he ha- had a couple breakdowns during this past season, but I sure hope he sticks around. Yeah. Let's also note that, you know, he had, we, we know he hurt both of his shoulders in the Super Bowl year, played through both of those injuries um, that's why he didn't look so good in the playoffs, or at least one of the reasons. And then in the offseason this last year, he had surgery on one of his shoulders, but not the other. And it was the same injury on both. This year, uh, the other one wasn't as bad. He played through that this year, and it got worse. So now he's having surgery on that shoulder to fix that uh, that shoulder. So he'll he'll be coming back. And, and you know, the fact that he played at the end of the season and played as well as he did um, along next to uh, Bobby Wags was um, pretty impressive as well. So got to hand it to the guy. You know, he he was one of the veterans that didn't, that didn't he could have very easily with that shoulder said, hey, I'll just sit out the rest of the year, but he played through it. So give him a lot of props for that. Can, can we talk about the Rams OC position for a second? Yeah. This, this fantastic breeding ground for the NFL. So let's take a look. Matt LaFleur, Green Bay head coach, Rams OC. Uh, Coach O'Connell did a great job once again. Rams OC, Zach Taylor, Bengals, Rams OC. What about the Quarter, he was? Uh, he, I don't think he was ever Rams OC, right? He was I mean, quarter. well, he was like, yeah. so he was technically their quarterback coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he never, yeah, it was interesting to me that he yeah. that he never made it all the way up to. He got hired right off of that because the way the Rams use their quarterback coach is almost like, a, you know, a quasi offensive coordinator. But, you know, I'm thinking, well, let's throw this out there. They're buddies, buddies, right? Kingsbury coming in as OC. McVay. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's like being Madden in the NFL. Those two together. I would not want to be in a room with them because that would be like dizzying to hear those two talking. But, you know, it's a very real possibility. He could get Cliff to come over. But uh, one thing I will say, if you take a look at the what the Rams have, so they got LaFleur. They got Zach Robinson, who's a hot ticket, right, uh, for a lot of jobs. You have Thomas Brown, who I honestly think is going to get – I think he's going to get an OC position. I think he's going to get the Washington position. And they still have Greg Olson. So I think he is – and that's what they do. They, like, try to um, amass a lot of these young uh, assistants. So I think they have a feeling that they're going to lose at least one of these guys. I think that's why uh, LaFleur is there. But I also think this O-line scenario is so frustrating for McVay. I'm going to go out on a limb. I think they're going to pull Bill Callahan away. I think he's going to give him the assistant head coach O-line position for the Rams. They're really tight. I think if I was McVay, I would be so frustrated with the way the O-line and the running game has been uh, over the last two years. I would roll it that way. I I think he's going to draw Callahan out. And I think the OC position is going to fall to who's ever left 
between Robinson and Brown. I think LaFleur is going to get the quarterback spot. But LaFleur – Interesting. Yeah, I think he's definitely uh, another very bright mind, even though I know he got ripped apart here in New York (laughs) for his work with the Jets. But um, I think it's going to be a very interesting play the way that the OC position plays out for the Rams. Yeah, it's interesting that that, um, Zach Robinson has now a second interview for um, OC – position i think one of them was the ravens and then there was just another one announced uh and the uh and thomas brown's actually in inter- her inter- uh interviewing for head coaching jobs um you know i think certainly with houston and so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see and i wonder if they will go in-house there or if they'll bring somebody um somebody in externally i don't think uh lafleur would come over uh on a um uh, would take a as an OC and with the Jets. I don't think he's going to go take a step back. He's going to want to OC somewhere if he can. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then of course, it's another thing to note is that the that there's no comp picks um, associated with a, a, a player like say Tom. I mean, sorry, a coach like Thomas Brown taking an OC job. Rams only get comp picks if if they lose somebody, um, a minority coach who becomes a head coach. So, um, yeah, uh, obviously Thomas Brown as a head coach to Houston would, would accomplish that. Hey, let's talk about what we can be happy about this past season. Let's look back, and I, I know it was a pretty uh, a dismal affair for the most part, but there were a few things that I think are worth highlighting that Ram fans should be happy about, should be optimistic about. And I'll start it off. Uh, I got a list here. We're probably not going to touch on all of them, but the the one thing that Rams that the one takeaway from this season, personnel wise, is how about the performance of Michael Hoyt this year? Um, this is a guy that uh, he's a three hundred pound defensive lineman, or at least so I thought. And next thing you know, he's playing on the edge, playing outside, and he really became an impact player really fast. Yeah, he played. You know, when you stand up, somebody who's three hundred pounds, and they, you know, four and a half sacks. It's not bad in limited playing time, and came from Brown, right? So smart kid. But um, listen, for I think if you take a look at the Rams D line as a whole, I think you bring up a good point. Um, Bobby Brown uh, in limited play looked good, right? Uh, Copeland looked good moving forward. So I think that position you get a little bit more depth. So. Um, I love the way this kid played, Hoyt. The way they described him, all gas, no breaks. When Raheem Morris said that at the press conference, I thought that was awesome. Um, but it brings a lot of flexibility. You know, listen, what killed the Rams was lack of pass rush. It was abysmal. They had no one apart from Donald. Donald was getting triple team, and the Rams were still able to get pressure on the quarterback. So, uh, yeah, so any pass rush – from uh, from this roster is going to be very welcome. Do, do you think the performance of Brown, Copeland, and I guess Hoyt is kind of related to this, but uh, do you think that would suggest that the Rams are not going to bring back a Sean or Greg Gaines? Does anyone have an opinion on that? That's, that's a tough call. And, and Tom, let me know what you think as well, because I'll tell you this, the way they have it priced out, if you take a look at some of these sites, they're saying Ashawn Robinson's going to get $9 million. I'm doubtful Ashawn Robinson's going to get $9 million, but you never know. 
Greg Gaines came up with four and a half, uh, four sacks or four and a half sacks this year. So that's two years in a row. He's had four sacks. So that's pretty good. Uh, Greg Gaines did get moved off the ball uh, much more frequently this year in the run game, uh, which is not good to see for someone of his position. Um, but having said that, um, you know, we'll see. I would love to see Ashawn Robinson stay. He's one of the best run defenders I think the Rams have ever had. He's plays, he plays that spot and allows um, everyone else to freelance a little bit. So that's something um, definitely you have to take into consideration. But, you know, cap room is a premium. So, Tom, what what is your, if there's one thing, uh, one or two things Ram fans should be happy about uh, looking forward, looking back last year that, you know, promising for the future that you saw this from this Rams 2022 team? Yeah, I mean, we learned a lot um, and we get to do it. There's quite a few things, but um, the thing that 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 really struck me, it was nice to see Tutu Outwell get out there um, and know that he can be productive in, in the passing game uh, and his head's in it. Uh, we learned that Cam Akers can be a number one back if he gets touches and doesn't, and doesn't you know, gets primary carries, which he's said all along and what he was so tweaked about. Um, ben Skoranek can, can actually catch the ball and be a super productive wide receiver and, and even that uh, swing into the fullback position. Uh, we learned about uh, the hard way. We learned about some offensive, uh, some offensive linemen um, that we, we that can be productive into the future. Larry Jackson, Tremaine Ancrum, AJR Curry, Chandler Brewer, that can help out. Unfortunately, we also learned that Joseph Nopum is not a quality starting left tackle, um, uh, unfortunately. So yeah, we learned a lot. I and mean, Bobby Wagner can still play at a very high level. Um, so yeah, there's a lot we learned, but um, you know, it was all based upon, or a lot of it was based upon the fact that that there were injuries and we got to see some players that we otherwise might not have seen uh, really step up and and do a good job. We also learned um, a lot. It's actually a positive about who can't play and who we can't rely on in backup roles, um, including our uh, our two backup quarterbacks who are not ready for prime time. Um, right, thankfully, I, I, thankfully I was, they didn't go down in a, in a situation. Thankfully, Stafford didn't go down in a situation where the Rams were really sniffing at a, a playoff run and had to rely on those guys. That, that would have been disastrous. It was great to see Leonard, Leonard Floyd turn out at the end of the season because he was clearly not healthy in the beginning of the season. Yeah. So another uh, George Bulldog, shout out to him, but he was definitely not healthy in the beginning of the season. But to see him turn it on at the end of the season and see that 54 back to him, to his whole self was, uh, for me, uh, a, a major positive. And got to shout out Mark. Good call on Kobe Durant. He definitely yeah, like he, a slot. He, dis- he disappeared uh, for a little bit there. But I think he's the type of player, I- I'm not sure, you know, how, I'm not going to call him a great cornerback yet, but he does seem to have a knack for making big plays. Um you know, in the you know when he gets his, the ball in his hands, he's a danger and more dangerous than let's say Jalen Ramsey with the ball in his hands. So that's nice. It's nice to have guys like that that you know just have a knack for uh, you know the big splash plays when you need them. And for everyone in Ram Nation that's watching, that was Mark's favorite player. That was the player that he cited after the draft that he said was gonna uh, blow up for the Rams. So good call on that one, Mark. Yeah, and I I used uh, basically. Uh, no data, no information, just a gut feeling. Uh, re- reading a few comments about him, um, I can't can't take a lot of credit for that. Uh, 
kind of <clears throat> kind of just took a wild ass guess there, and I happen to be right. Um, is there any um, looking at my notes here? What about uh, the offensive line? Uh, is there is there one guy on the offensive line that you're that you think um, maybe we didn't think could be a starter, but could help solve our offensive line problems next year? You mentioned a lyric Jackson, Tom. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he looked really good, and um, when he stepped in. No did you boom. see his? Uh, did you see his tweets? And I, I yeah. believe it was verified as being him, right? Did you see that, Paul, where he was tweeting about uh, what he thinks the offensive line should look like next year? I I didn't catch that one. No. Yeah, he was he was very uh, outspoken about um, his what he thought the the starting offensive line should be, um, and they gave <laughs> a second round of them. And he told anybody if they had their if that if they hurt anybody's feelings. Then they should just start to play better. So I loved it. I that you know he became one of my favorite Rams when he did that. I'd I'd love to see every uh, every uh, player um, state their opinions more. Uh, do you, do you think more Rams? So who was who were his five? I'm curious. He had a he had a couple of options, right, Tom? I, I think he had yeah. himself at left tackle though. <laughs> yeah, he had himself at left tackle. He in one case he had no boom at left guard. Um, he had Brian Allen at center for both of them and with Shelton at, at right guard for, uh, in one scenario, Havenstein in there for another. And, uh, Tremaine and I Ancrum. think, uh, I think Tremaine Ancrum Ancrum at right guard, I think, yep. uh, uh, yeah, Ancrum was in there at one, at one, in one scenario, Shelton was in there for another. And then he had the backups. He listed the backups also. And uh, Logan Bruss wasn't in there on any of them just because it probably just means, and I think he did clarify that just because he was hurt. But, um, but yeah, and obviously Havenstein was in there at um, right tackle on all of them. But, you know, nothing, nothing uh, earth shattering other than he wants to play left tackle. And he also said that the, uh, the wages for um, or the salaries for these different players should be adjusted based upon their contributions. So uh, it'll be a, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Well, he's, he's playing on an undrafted free agent und, undrafted rookie contract. Right. And he could be the Rams starting left tackle. So I understand where he's coming from. That, yeah. would, be, that would be awesome. No. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, only I, thing, the only disagreement I have with him is that I think Coleman Shelton is a much better center than Brian Allen. Absolutely. And, um, it was interesting to see a guy like that who was clearly being brutally honest with with his opinions. Um, who's in that room and on that field with these guys every day, uh, believing that Brian Allen is our starting center um, in both, you know, in both of the scenarios going forward. Um, that was very, that was that was the biggest takeaway to me. Yeah, and and I feel I think if you've listened to the podcast recently or any of my videos, I have been an advocate uh, for all along that. The only issue we have to solve along the offensive line who is is who is the left tackle. I, I think we have enough bodies, enough players there, if everybody comes back healthy, to have a decent offensive line. Not a great offensive line, but a, a good enough offensive line as long as a Lyric Jackson or Noteboom or somebody else can man that left tackle position adequately. I, I think that's the only major concern I have. But... Uh, you guys disagree with that, or you're you're uh, have any different differing view on that? It's good to see Eric Jackson tweeting out because remember he went out on uh, a medical scenario, blood clot issues, so that was sort of scary, right? So the fact that he's actively tweeting that's a good sign. I you know I think 
for the Rams O line. I think the Rams learned a valuable lesson when when uh, when Corbett was allowed to walk. Is that listen? If you want to be a passing team, and you want to go empty sets and all this, pass protection is at a premium. Yeah, that's not an area where that you need to get, uh, you know, uh, sort of try to conserve uh, resources, money, whatever it is. You, that's where you have to go for a premium. So uh, I think moving forward, uh, and I think Alaric Jackson brings up a good point. You know what it is? You open it up to as much competition as humanly possible. And the person that shows you that they can play at a consistent level on a weekly basis that's who gets the job. So listen, you gave the contract to Nobum. Listen, that's done. Now the decision is, you know, which best five at whatever scenarios. If Nobum's going to be the left guard, so be it. If he's going to be the left tackle, so be it. He's a quality player, but the the players that can hold it down. Listen, Stafford got mangled this year. That that was a vicious injury. He took some, and this is two years in a row. He's taken some really really monster hits. If they want their quarterback to survive, they can't. This is not the way to approach it. You got to put the best players out there. Left tackle is a premium spot in the NFL for a reason. They learned that the hard way. Um, but the Rams have now some quality depth. I know he only started one game, but AJ Curry looked like he could play. You know, he looked. You know, his footwork looked good. His, um, you know, his uh, consistency was there. Um, we saw the whole thing with Jackson. He looked great. He looked fantastic when he was out there. I love Coleman. I think he. I think he's a great player as well. So it just adds to the Rams' depth. If Logan Bruss can live up to you know eighty percent of his you know uh, draft sort of uh, reviews, you know that's a, just another bonus, and they can bring in another player, another quality veteran as well, without blowing up the salary cap. That's another. Uh, bonus. So there are a lot of positives in the O-line room, but they have to ask themselves, this is two years in a row, why are we having trouble getting healthy? You know, why are we having trouble staying healthy for the whole season? So, yeah, and then Kevin Carberry, if you guys remember last year, he was protected by McVeigh. He was, he was, you know, thought of as a top as a top coach on that staff, and he was not allowed to interview for other jobs um, that unless they unless it was a uh, a um, OC job, which, you know, a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of coach don't, don't get. So they, they didn't let him interview and take more money. They protected him with one of the few coaches. They did that too. Um, meaning that they really liked him, obviously did a great job with the Whitworth crew in the Super Bowl year, but this, and then they fire him. So they go from protect one of the few that's protected to, to firing him. And uh, thought that was interesting. And I think it's because he's probably the one that said, Joseph Noteboom can play this position. And he stepped up and he said that, right? I mean, he didn't do a bad job with guys like Jackson and Ankrum and other guys. I'm um, really Cope Brewer, uh, a host of other guys coaching him up. Um, but I like Carberry went down for the no boom decision. As an O-line assistant, that would be fun too. Hey, let's move on to the, the disappointing things. And we could spend an hour on that. So let's just try to highlight the, the things that were most disappointing. And you already mentioned it, Tom. Um, I, I was never comfortable with our backup quarterbacks, and that turned out to be uh, the case. Our backup quarterbacks were not up to the task, neither one of them, in my opinion. And um, you see some of these other teams, you see these backup quarterbacks just step in and be very, very productive, and the Rams backups 
Um, you know, until they got Baker Mayfield, he had a couple of moments, but um, I don't know. I, that was probably the most disappointing thing. And then um, you already mentioned this as well. I think Tom or Paul mentioned this. Um, it took them so long to get Tutu Atwell involved. And uh, I think that's a very, very promising for the future, but it's still really frustrating that um, he just wasn't getting targets, really wasn't even getting snaps in a lot of games. Uh, so those are the two things I would I would say were most disappointing for me as a Rams fan. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, I mean that that right edge spot where uh, you know we went with Hollins and Lewis, and both of those guys just were were you know terrible. I mean, let's just face it, and um, they can't even get barely get snaps. Uh, Lewis couldn't make another team, and, and Hollins barely got snaps on, you know, probably the most decimated uh, offensive or defensive line in the league with, with you know, some backup snaps with uh, Green Bay. And so that, that to me, has to be – I mean, if you have two guys that you think are going to hold down an edge spot um, in that defense where you have to get pressure with four and they could get no pressure at all, you know, obviously Leonard Floyd being hurt on the other side didn't help. Uh, that was – that that is that crashed the season from the beginning. Obviously, you know we can talk about injuries, but on the offensive line, but that was just pure poor poor scouting, poor performance. Um, that was pure coaching that couldn't identify that that was going to happen. If you don't know that those guys are going to be that bad, two guys forget one guy, two guys can't make it can't make it work. Uh, that's just that's awful. And um, now going back to the quarterback situation mark I, I feel like it's a little revisionist history to say we didn't know wolford couldn't play right because the last time we saw him play he played really well and he beat out jared goff <laughs> you know our number one draft pick super bowl uh quarterback um for that job when goff was healthy in that seattle playoff game a few years back so uh, uh from my perspective i thought wolford could play i was touting him when he was going to step in um for uh, for Stafford in, um, uh, I guess he, st- I guess he stepped in in week 11, um, then, uh, or I'm sorry, week 10, then I thought he was going to play. And when he couldn't play, I was dumbfounded. I was like, wow, this isn't what I remember. So, uh, yeah, that was very, that was extremely disappointing. Those are probably the two biggest disappointments. And then we, we already talked about no boom and that's gotta be right up there when we thought we had a left tackle and we don't. So pretty important positions, right? Quarterback, yeah. left tackle, and right edge. <laughs> Pretty nasty. What about you, Paul? Uh, yeah, my, uh, I would say my big – I mean, there were so many disappointments. But if my biggest disappointment was uh, really gold Rams coaching staff, the inability to protect Stafford and Cup, that they – you know, I'm not going to say they allowed these players to get injured, but they put them in a scenario that, you know, like, you know, Stafford, I mean – I mean, he's a franchise quarterback. So, um, and then Cooper Cup being, you know, rolled out there week in, week out, you know, uh, just basically by himself. So um, I just think that there was a great deal of, I saw a lack of creativity. I saw a lack of inability to really change the game plan, to really protect those two guys. And eventually it played itself out. We saw, and everybody said it every week, it's a matter of time before they're going to get KO'd. Um, so the Rams are very fortunate that those, uh, players didn't have career ending injuries. Um, so 
I, to me, that was really, really disappointed. I think they could have done a better job protecting those two guys. I also think they gave up on the season a little too early. If you look at, uh, you know, the NFC teams that made the playoffs, yeah, two 500s basically made the playoffs. So I think, you know, we gave up on the season a little too early. I think we could have fought our way. Whether whether or not we would have won the Super Bowl, that's, you know, it's a different discussion altogether. Uh, but I think we could have edged out a playoff spot. Yeah, we- I, I think uh, that lo- losing that game in Tampa Bay at the end there was um, – that was that was really big. That really hurt us. Hurt our chances of really making a playoff push. And that could have been. It could have been. It could have been, turned out a lot differently if the Rams had held on in that game. And we were uh, three. Both, we were three and three going into the bye. Think about that. And then those five you know, L's after that. That's what killed the season, really. Right. So, yeah. You know. Well, we well, could go on and on on that subject. Let's move on to. Let's take a quick look through. I don't think we need to spend a bunch of time on this. Well, let's look. Take a quick look at this draft class. Uh, Logan Bruss. We can only hope that he comes back and pushes for a starting job. We we can't assess him at all at this point. I think Kobe Durant. Um, I think he showed that he's an NFL caliber cornerback. Not sure how good, but promising. Uh, Kyron Williams is an interesting case. He's also enlisted in my uh, upcoming up, – in a moment here we'll talk about our mystery players, and Kyron Williams is one of them. Um, he started to get some snaps, and then he disappeared again. And I don't know if it was because of Cam Akers, the urgency about getting Cam Akers more touches. What do you, what do you think, Paul? Is Kyron Williams um, an NFL uh, rotational back? Uh, do we have – do we still hold out hope for him, or have the Rams seen enough of him? I don't know what to make of Kyron Williams. So, so two things. So, I think Kobe Durant's going to be the starting uh, slot next year, no question about it. Uh, as for Kyron Williams, um, so one thing I will say: that kid can pass block. He is vicious as a pass blocker, no question about it. Uh, he's got incredible potential. He looked good in the in the limited time that he was out there. He definitely looked good. He definitely lived up to his uh, his draft profile. the The issue is: is this an issue? We said this because of his size. Is this an issue again of him not being able to stay healthy? So this is a, this is a common theme on this roster: players not being able to stay healthy. Listen, you have to be available. You know, ability is one thing. But you have to be available in the NFL, and that's something to keep at. But I think he, he will definitely get a shot. He looks really a, a nice complementary back in all phases of the game. He can catch the ball. He runs tough. He has good instincts. And like I said, a vicious pass blocker. So I think uh, as a complementary back, I think he would fit in nicely. I think they're going to give him another shot. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people next year, but he's got to be able to stay healthy. Yeah, how do you feel about him, Tom? Yeah, unfortunately, he went down and, and uh, he, you know, he was out week two through week nine, and he missed um, seven games, and um, so that was that was you know not not good for a rookie to in trying to get in the flow of things. But I think they found their way. It's another positive from the season. We learned, like I'd mentioned before, that Cam Akers is a primary back can be very effective, um, and, and if he gets a better offensive line, he'll be that much more effective. Um, he's much more engaged. Um, I don't think they're going to do the share the share the snaps thing anymore cam will be primary and then you get kyron as a prototypical third down back you know he's past oh, okay. pro. he's past pro he catches the ball well and i think they have their their 
Uh, I think they figured that out, and I think that's really good because for two years. Yeah, I was just I was just concerned because they seemed to um, move away from him uh, in the last couple games when I thought they would be. Hey, let's let's give Kyron, you know, fifteen carries and see what he can do, and that never happened. So that's what that's what confused me. Well, it's because they they it's because they learned that Cam Akers is is effective only apparently only when he gets primary snaps. Yeah, but I'd, I'd still at that point in week seventeen, week eighteen, I know you still want to win, especially that Seattle game because you know it's important. It's a divisional rival, but uh, I think it might be more. I thought it might be more valuable. For the Rams coaching staff to see Kyren Kyren get the carries, but uh, I guess I'm wrong on that. I, that's that's what I was expecting to see, and I just never saw it. Uh, you you were saying like, let's see what the kid can do. Let's give him the rock. Right, like, right, right, right. I, yeah, I, but Sam Akers did heat up the last four games of the season. No, so no, he, he did, he did. And, and I think if the goal is is the W, I'd roll with Cam Akers too. Uh, so I, I could see it both ways. I, I just didn't. I don't know what the Rams' mindset on that is. If if they if there's another reason they're not rolling with Kyron Williams the last two or three weeks. I think that that's the theme for the 2022 season. Was what were what was the Rams' mindset for the last? <laughs> right, right, right. So you know the failure of the running game did it coincide with the fact that the running game was nothing against Hendo, the D line coach, who's a phenomenal. Uh, defensive yeah. coach he was the run game coordinator and then the last four or five games of the season and if i'm not mistaken thomas brown was told to work with the running backs again and all of a sudden cam Akers explodes so once again is that was that something like mcveigh once again not being like really into the running game or what whatever it was an oversight played itself out huge for the rams because their lack of a running game really really came back to haunt them uh, the next guy on this rookie list, Quentin Lake. Um, I don't think we've seen enough of him either. I would I think he's definitely going to be on this roster next year. I, I don't know what more we can say about him at this point. That's still a, an incomplete grade in my book. Darion Kendrick, I, I don't know. You know, at early on, Tom, you saw him. You liked him, and he looked good. And then he looks like the Rams kind of lost faith in him. He had a couple really rough games. Does he have a future on this roster? You think, or? Yeah, I do. I Darian Kendrick is. Uh, I mean, we got to remember he was a six round pick uh, for a reason, uh, coming out of a, sure. a starting cornerback job on a national championship uh, Georgia Bulldogs team, um, and he goes in the sixth round. So the the reason is because of his speed, right? And and um, he's very aggressive, uh, and he he. He is the kind of cornerback that can play in the Rams. It's a perfect example, actually, of what it means to the secondary if the front four or five can get pressure and if they can't. Like, he got torched when we couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback because he's he's assuming these pieces work together, and the secondary is assuming, is relying on pressure to get there and playing you know, playing deep, obviously, that's what all so many Rams fans are so frustrated with. And then they play deep and they they play downhill and um, read things in this match match zones. It looks it looks like a zone, then it's a then it, it turns into a match zone. And but it's all relying on that pressure. And if the, if the Rams let if somebody sit back there for ages, a guy like Darian Kendrick's just going to get beat over the top. And um, that's what happened to him a few times. So uh, anyway, if the Rams can get back to the year before when we were able to get pressure with four 
and the occasional blitz and, and so forth off the edges, um, Darian Kendrick can be an effective cornerback for us. If not, then, uh, yeah, he's no, he's certainly not a man cornerback. That's for sure. Yeah. It's just more, more of a case of just finding the right role for him in the right, the right situation where he can, uh, uh, his talents can be put to use the most, I guess. And this past season, it wasn't really working in his favor. Uh, there are a lot of other issues going on with this, Steve. We we haven't talked about the so-called soft coverage uh, uh, strategy of uh, Raheem Morris. A lot of people had an issue with, and uh, that may have not been playing to his strengths either, perhaps. Um, but he, I think, but I think he he matches what the draft profile pegged him for. So he was susceptible to double moves. He was susceptible over the top. If the game was in front of him, he played really well. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had over 35 tackles for the season. So uh, he was a much better uh, run defender than people gave him credit for. Uh, but once again, when the play was extended, any type of elongated exposure, he, he was picked on. And there were yeah. games where they, where they went his way three or four times consecutively because they knew that. So, and he's and he's a rookie, so you got to give him absolutely. some. It's not only that he's a rookie. This is a guy who was a healthy scratch weeks one and two, right? In other words, they did not expect this guy to play and contribute. He might have been if that if that uh, cornerback room had stayed healthy, he might have been kind of redshirted on the fifty three, which they do with one or two players, you know, every year. And uh, and he and in week three. In week three, four, and five, Troy Hill, David Long, and Jacoby Durant were all out due to injury. Right. right. So he gets thrust in there after literally not being on the on the forty eight. He gets thrust into a starting role in week three as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, that's come on, that's asking a lot. And he and he sat there and he. I think he did admirably well um, considering the circumstances and. So I, I don't know. I, I, I give the guy a pass. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Daniel Hardy. I think he's we give an incomplete grade on him. He got some snaps, I think in week 17 and 18. Um, so maybe there's some hope for him or, or is he just going to be yeah, Chris Garrett? Uh, another version of Chris Garrett where he kind of hangs around for a couple of years. We'll have to see. Uh, <clears throat> Russ yeast. Um, he got some playing time. I think he played well. I, I he didn't, you know, jump off the stat sheet or anything, but, uh, you know, with um, a couple of free agent safeties, uh, uh, unrestricted free agent safeties, Russ Yeast could be competing with uh, Jordan Fuller and um, Quentin Lake. Quentin Lake and Russ Yeast, two rookie safeties. So Russ Yeast, do you guys think he's a player? you think he's a potential starter for this team? Lake and Yeast, I like what I saw. They were out there. They weren't out there for an extended period of time. But when they were out there, they looked confident. Uh, they were instinctive. Uh, they played well. They were physical, which is what I you know, which is the Rams really needed. So uh, the Rams are really, really light in the secondary. You're talking about Kendrick before Tom. You know, for a team – you got 1A, 1B. We definitely need an edge rusher, but we definitely need another boundary defender, right? A tall corner somewhere to play on the opposite of Jalen Ramsey. So we're really, really, like, lacking at that position. So uh, any any type of secondary bone for us is huge. So, yeah, I like those two. Yeah, Yeast was interesting. He was a, he was, he was a real – I mean, he was a real physical, like Paul said, but he was – yeah, to the point where he was a headhunter. Like, he was – 
he had a he did have a couple of or at least one uh, uh, personal foul for you know going at going at the helmet. Um, but he you know, he was very aggressive. So I like the aggressiveness. He seems to be very fast, um, very quick back there. Uh, something you know Scott was good at. Rap not so much. Uh, so I like yeast a lot. We didn't see enough of Quinton Lake, but um, I think I'm not so sure that they're not going to roll with uh, Fuller, Yeast, and Lake next year. I'm not sure. They'll probably draft draft a safety. Um, they always like to draft safeties. Those guys are great on special teams too. So I don't think they're I don't think they're going to resign Nick Scott. Um, I don't think they're going to resign Taylor Rapp. And uh, I think they're going to roll with uh, Fuller, Yeast, and Lake. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I've been contemplating that a little bit too. Do, do, do they have the safeties in-house to get this job done? Probably only the Rams know the real answer to that. And the last guy is A.J. Okuri. And one of you already mentioned that he did get into week, the Week 18 game right and held his own a little bit. I went back and actually watched every one of his snaps. There weren't many, but I did watch them, and, and he seemed to do do his do okay, hold his own. He's definitely got a future as a backup on this team, I would think. He's a big boy. Yeah, uh, it's funny how people talk about. Uh, someone was talking about how uh, some of the recent Ram drafts have been so bad, and and I pushed back and I said, you know, you know, you get three or four starters out of a draft. A lot of people think you expect every every draft pick to stick with the team and become a starter. And if you go back and look at a lot of teams drafts over the years, uh, the success rate is not nearly what you think it is. And now this draft, I don't know yet, but I haven't given up on it. I wouldn't give it a, a I give it an incomplete grade at this point, but there are some uh, promising players that could end up really contributing to this uh, team in the next two or three years. Yeah, that's really how a draft has to be evaluated. You have to look at it from a longitudinal scenario, right? So in terms of over a period, let's say, of four or five years, how many roster spots were they able to occupy? You know, how much uh, did they get gather a starting role? Did they contribute on special teams? Things of that nature. So uh, I think, you know, it's very difficult to evaluate a draft class. Like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head right just after one season. Hey, so – uh, let's get into our mystery players. I have about five listed here, and I'm going to start off with one of uh, Paul's favorite players, and I'll, I'll let you uh, let you ride with uh, what What do you want to tell us? What's going on with Robert Rochelle, and what is his future with this team? <laughs> Robert Rochelle's future is hopefully uh, on his way out of the uh, SoFi Stadium, <laughs> leaving SoFi Stadium. At, at exponential speed he is just you know if he if he could not find his way uh onto the field uh, in this season with everything that was going on with the rams and the Rams, like i said they you have a glaring hole at cornerback and he could not find any type of real playing time i i just at this point i think you have to move on i don't i you know listen he can blow up the combine we know that but you got to be able to do it uh in real time and he hasn't such so yeah i agree with that i i was that was the number one um uh mystery player for me mark was robert rochelle i couldn't uh obviously the the coaches see him in practice and whatnot like like paul said if this guy can't crack crack a starting line starting if darian kendrick is coming off of is going from never being on a 48-man roster in the nfl to starting a game in the NFL ahead of Robert Rochelle, 
that tells you everything you need to know. And he didn't get one start. I'm not sure how even how many even snaps he got it. Haley got uh, more playing time than he did. If you uh, look Haley, at it. Yeah, Haley got Haley out there a lot. <clears throat> uh, another, we already talked about Kyron Williams, mystery players we're talking about here. Another one for me is Bryson Hopkins. Um, I, you know, Tyler Higby is not going to be uh, here forever. I, as you mentioned last year, Tom, you thought they might move away from him last year. They could next year as well. And they really, you know, we saw what Bryson Hopkins could do in the playoffs last year. He looked very effective. He's a great blocker. And, um, you know, he just disappears and doesn't, you know, they were, they were rolling with two tight ends at times. And uh, I think he had a couple of targets here and there. But um, what's the future of Bryson Hopkins on this team? Is he is he is what he is just a kind of a backup tight end that we're going to see once in a while and run in run situations? I, I agree with you. I like Bryson Hopkins. Every time I see him out there, I mean, he definitely looked. Uh, and that was the thing, right? Is he going to be physical enough to hold up and tight him? So he definitely looked um, like a willing blocker. He was definitely much more effective when he was on the move, which doesn't really bode well for him because the Rams generally don't do two tight end sets. That's not their their thing. They're a single tight end formation. So inline is really where you have to evaluate him as an inline blocker. But you know, seven receptions, 16 yard average. So you you know he's getting the ball downfield. He looks smooth in his routes, great hands, good speed. I, I definitely think he is going to be their tight end of the future. I think if you compare Bryson Hopkins with a good physical tight end that can block. So uh, how important would have been uh, Johnny Munt if we didn't lose him to Minnesota this year? Right? I know, right? Yeah, and Johnny Munt had more catches this year than he did in his in his entire Ram career combined. So I think Bryson Hopkins, if they give him a legitimate shot, so uh, as a tight end on the move, uh, I think he'd be great. I think he's he is a uh, phenomenal talent. I just think, like you said. It's a mystery. He just underutilized. He, and he was healthy uh, pretty much for the latter part of the season. He just yeah. – number wasn't getting called. How, how do you feel about Hopkins, Tom? I think he's great. I mean, he, he got uh, – you know, he got quite a few snaps um, at the end of the year. Uh, he was um, – uh, you know, obviously – he was obviously tight end too. But, like, in that Broncos game, you know, he was out there a lot. They used a lot of uh, – a lot of two tight end sets in that game. And um, – so yeah, I mean he he uh, something happened and he wasn't week set week seventeen against the Chargers. He didn't play. It doesn't look like something that's been going on. But then he came back and yeah, I think he's great. I think he'll, he'll be our tight end of the future. Um, they might they may move on from Higby and uh, and go with Hopkins um, as the number one. And um, so we'll see. But uh, uh, I think I, I think yeah. um, I'll, we'll talk about this in a second here, but. I, I think tight end could be a position we'll target in the draft, though. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. One of the things we we're going to talk about, we already touched on it quite a bit already, though, is the coaching situation. A lot of guys could be moving on. A lot of guys already have. And I think the coaching staff is going to look a lot different. Uh, and this uh, I, this may be what Les Snead is talking about as far as a remodel, as much as the roster. I, I don't know if you heard his comment about this isn't a rebuild. This is a remodel, which makes total sense to me. But this, um, you know, it's a, it's a big shakeup in this coaching staff moving forward. And um, 
Uh, it's we're not going to sure how it's going to shake out. We will know in a few weeks here. But uh, what are your thoughts on the coaching staff moving forward, Tom? Other than what we've already talked about, uh, Raheem Morris he may not be back as well. Correct? Yeah, he's he's getting some interviews as well for for head coaching jobs. I mean, the the aside, you know, if you get if you don't talk about the assistants, um, there's twelve. There's obviously the head coach, and then there are twelve coordinator slash uh, position jobs or coordinator or three coordinator jobs. And then, um, and then uh, <clears throat> is it nine, put nine position job position um, jobs. So <clears throat> the Rams uh, of those 12, um, they have uh, of the three OCs, only one, one, I mean, one coordinator of the three filled. And then they only have five of the remaining position uh, uh, jobs filled. So they're, essentially of coordinators and position jobs. Think of it this way. There's only six of the 12 remaining and two of them are three of them are getting heavy interviews for, yeah. um, for head for jobs elsewhere, either coordinator jobs for Zach Robinson, Thomas Brown, Raheem Morris are getting head coaching jobs. So this might, we might not see the end of this. Right. And so there's a lot of jobs for McVay to fill. There's going to be a lot of new blood and, uh, you know, this this came like finally came home to roost, right? Everybody had always asked, gee, you know, in the back of our head, everybody's scratching their head is, is did these coaching losses uh, affect us? Uh, and so forth. There was a lot of promotions internally that maybe shouldn't have been made. And uh, the coaching staff looked like got a little comfortable, uh, felt like, and, and maybe it was more the coaches than the, than the uh, players got a little comfortable with their yeah. success in the, in the, in the year. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of new blood coming in. I don't know how it's going to all shake out. But um, yeah, that's definitely a. Uh, it looks like the coaching staff might be more of a rebuild as opposed to a remodel. So yeah, so they low of I think it's four or five um, defensive uh, coaches slash assistants. So I think um, defensively they're sending a message. I think that's important. I think I think Raheem Morris is going to get a gig somewhere. Um, I think he's. Um, I think he's earned that right. I think he's a, a quality coach. I think he interviews well. Um, but I think for the Rams, one of the issues is, so one of the things this year, and not just this year, but whenever the Rams are struggle is the inability to play complementary football, right? When all three phases of the game are not in sync. And we, we talked about that, like special teams, running game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When that really that really hurts you as a team. And I think one of those scenarios that sort of plays into that is when you are in limbo for a month after the season ends or two months after the season ends, waiting for who's going to get hired and who's not going to get hired so you can assemble your team because that has a trickle-down effect in terms of players that you're evaluating for the draft, free agency, et cetera, what your philosophy is going to be offensively, defensively. And I'll use Liam Cohen as an example. Uh, I know he he has a very good relationship with Sean McVay. That's why Sean was very excited to bring him in. But you can just see in Meaner in his press conferences, even when he was out there during the games, that there was like this lack of intensity. He's just not like a Sean McVay. He's not oh. an intense, fiery coach. He's very laid back. And you saw that sort of play out in the demeanor of the offense, right? And one glaring uh, characteristic of the Rams this year was – they played very poorly down the stretch in the fourth quarter in key situations and games. There were games that were very winnable that they made mistakes, turned the ball over, whatever it may be. That was a listen. Hey, you won the Super Bowl a year prior doing the exact opposite of that, playing very well in key situations. I think uh, this is very um, 
purposeful. Uh, Big Vay knew that he had to delegate a little bit more la- uh, last year. He wanted to do that. He, that's why he was very purposeful in who he brought in. It didn't work out that well. I think he's going to bring in his guys, guys that he knows that he can count on, and that way he can focus more on what he wants to do, which is to make sure that this offense is humming machine and some of the uh, in-game management scenarios. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a credit to McVeigh that he's willing to do this because maybe as a younger coach, a, a young guy really, um, he's more hesitant to do that. And now he's uh, he sees his coaching uh, career, his legacy maybe at stake a little bit, and says, "I got to do something here, and I'm going to." Um, Those, if Raheem Morris gets a job, don't be surprised if they bring in Vic Fangio. Because oh, the, only, yeah, yeah. the only defense that you know, Vic Fangio's 61 is the one that has been shown to be most effective against his offense. Do not be surprised if he brings him in. Yeah. We will have uh, – I'll have you guys back another time to talk free agency and the draft. But, um, you know, uh, there's free agents that I think we should try to retain, but I don't know that we really can. Uh, you know, with the salary cap situation, we're going to have to hope some of these guys step up. Uh, I guess – uh, one guy I would hope they can retain is Matt Gay. I'd hate to start all over at, at, with the kicker because, you know, this year, as bad as everything's gone, um, Matt Gay has very quietly have a, had a great year, uh, a great two years for the Rams, really. Uh, is there any free agent, Tom, that you think the Rams should do everything they can to retain? I, the thing with free agents is that there's no benefit other than continuity, right? Other than knowing the system um, to retaining your own free agents. And, uh, and so um, it's, if you actually, there's an incentive to let them walk because you get a comp pick when they sign right. somewhere else. Yeah. So it's actually, and that's what the Rams do. That's they, they play that, uh, that arbitrage on the free agency market and then try and sign guys that, that aren't unrestricted. They've signed guys that have been cut a la Bobby Wagner, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, in terms of, of retaining free agents, um, uh, the only ones that, you know, usually on the offensive line, it's valuable to retain them because they know because that's where continuity matters most in terms of knowing a system uh, and language and, and so forth, working together as a unit. The, uh, who would I like them to retain just from a purely, uh, a, you know, a great gains? He played through an injury um, all year. He wasn't as effective as he was the prior year. He's getting that taken care of in the offseason. Uh, and um, I, would, I love Ashawn. He's just not, you know, if he he will get paid, I don't think they'll bring him back. He's just not out on the field enough snaps. He's not in every down back like Gaines is. He doesn't rush the passer. He's a purely a defensive uh, stopper. Uh, you know, Troy Hill, they'll probably be able to retain him for, for not very much money. So he'll probably be back. Um, I could take it or leave it, but there aren't that many guys, you know, that, that are really standout guys that, um, that I think need to come back. I really, you know, they're they probably bring back most of these um, exclusive rights, free agents, guys like Lloyd and uh, Gervais, Jacob Harris, Roseboom, et cetera. But um, after that, in terms of the unrestricted free agents, uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of these guys that are coming back. Nick Scott's the one that is going to be the biggest question mark that people want back. Um, I don't think they're going to bring him back. How about you, Tom? I mean, Paul? 
Yeah, I mean, the good news is the Rams don't have a lot of key free agents, which is great. Uh, three words for Matt Day, clutch, clutch, clutch. So a clutch kicker, uh, you, know, you never, ever want to lose a clutch kicker. So uh, just ask Ohio State. So uh, <laughs> you you definitely want to bring back someone like Matt Gay. You know, you know Troy Hill's interesting. I thought, to me, that was the move of the year for the Rams. That was the steal of the year for the Rams, getting Troy Hill. Uh, whether or not they can bring him back at a decent number, because the Rams have a major issue. They are very short on outside corners. So uh, unless something happens in their, you know, in in the free agency market, cornerbacks are extremely expensive to bring in off the free agency market. So that's the major problem that the Rams face. That may play well in Troy Hill's favor, but um, you know, Ashawn, like you know, like Tom said, Ashawn's a question. You know, he's he's basically a run defender, but he does that really, really well. Can they bring him in on a number? You know what's interesting? I love the fact they had Baker Mayfield as as a backup but you know how do you bring him in at an affordable number right so that's going to be he's, so he's comp pick all the way he's going to yeah. get you know eight million so, somewhere and be a nice sweet right. rounder for us so do you think anybody sees baker mayfield as their starter of the future though i'm not sure i see that yet yeah that's a tough one uh i don't know I think you know, he's the perfect backup. You know, he's really the yeah, perfect backup. He really is. And if you think about it, if he can get his head right and, you know, he can, like, swallow his ego a little bit and say, listen, if I hang around here and hang around with Sean McVay, you know, eventually Stafford's going to move on. I might get right. this game, right? right? And know the system inside and out. But uh, you know who would be another great backup? I love this kid from Washington, Taylor Henneke. I think he'd be another great backup for the Rams. But once again, money-wise. Um, but if you look at it, I think Taylor Rapp is gone. Um, you know who played well? Odey Abushi played well. Yeah, I did. Watched him. You know, he played really well. I think he might be he might be back uh, at a decent number. There's some guys that could bring back, but the good thing is I don't really see anybody on here that's like a major major player for the Rams that they are at risk of losing, except for Matt Gay. Um, but they have to resign Matt Gay. There's no question about it. And Troy Hill, I think it's going to play out well for him because, like I said, you know. Think of three corners you could bring in off the free agency market for under 10 mil. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they're uh, you saying, oh, this guy'd be great. And then you look at his market value and not yeah. so much. Yeah. So let's talk about the draft real quickly. Not so much players. I, we can get into draft prospects another time. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that last year with our mock drafts and such. I'm going to tell you the four positions I think the Rams should use their first four picks on. And again, we could you probably going to be in complete disagreement on this, but uh, I think the Rams need to draft a cornerback early uh, to restock that room. I think they need to bring on an edge rusher. Uh, right now, they have Leonard Floyd and Michael Hoyt, maybe Daniel Hardy. I think they, uh, with Gaines and Ashawn moving on, um, we got Bobby Brown, Jonah Williams. Uh, Number 99, obviously, I think we need to draft a defensive lineman. And I think we need to draft a tight end. And correct, I did not mention offensive line. Uh, now, the Rams will draft an offensive lineman at some point with their 10 picks, maybe two. But I don't put that as a super high priority unless, you know, if you're at number 36 and there's a really good left tackle there, then maybe. So um, who wants to go first? What are your four draft priorities position-wise? Go ahead, Tom. 
Yeah, I mean, Edge is, is you know, that's where they're going to go. For, I think that'll be the first pick. I mean, they're going to have to get somebody. Uh, that's that's a highly skilled position uh, in the NFL now, um, a highly sought after position. And, you know, you're going to get the best value um, <clears throat> early in the draft at that position. It's it's rare to find a good edge later in the draft like you could with, say, an offensive lineman or, or a safety or something like that. Um, so... I think edge is clear and you know far and away the the top priority. Um, then they're going to just they're going to start doing what they always do and just restocking the shelves of the uh, of the uh, position groups that they don't pay. They don't pay corner. They don't pay uh, safeties. Um, they'll draft probably draft another running back at some point. But the priority being, I say, uh, is edge, um, cornerback, and. Um, and uh, I think they are going to a tight end. I agree with that. Um, I think they could. Uh, I think it could be surprising. I think they could draft a, uh, a quarterback um, relatively early as a backup. And I think that that they might be starting to think in those terms. I think they really think. I think. I think, and I think they think that Stafford is only going to play one more year. Or right. Two. How about you, Paul? Yeah. So. Uh... It would be a lot easier if we knew who the coaches were, right? So we knew what philosophies that they were bleeding into. But so I will start by saying, I, I, if I were the Rams, I would bring back Nick Scott because I think their secondary is so light as it is. Yeah, I love Nick Scott. Yeah, and that leadership, that that ability, the glue to hold that secondary together in that system, is Nick Scott. And I don't. And Jordan Fuller has not proven he can even finish a season yet. So. Um, so I would definitely pay Nick Scott and bring him back. I think they can get him at a decent number. Uh, so would edge rusher would be my number one priority. Um, it's a lot, you know, everyone in the NFL is looking for edge rusher. There's no way you're going to bring one in free agency without breaking the bank. So that's not going to happen. You're going to have to rely on the draft and bring in some young guns. So I would definitely do edge rusher, but I also look at some pass rush on the D line. You know, um, Aaron Donald's been basically, you know, the pass rush on the D-line. Every now and then, Greg Gaines will get some push. But it would be great if we had some D-line push, um, some talented pass rushers on the D-line. So I would probably go pass rush edge, pass rush D-line. I would definitely go corner. No question about it. Tall corners. The kid from Miami, Stevenson, uh, when we do our draft mocks, we can throw out some names. But uh, there are some good uh, corners with length that are out there um, that I think would fit in well with the Rams. I think the Rams should also take another, I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go out there. doesn't have to be early, but big physical running back. Once yeah, again, they right? haven't had that. Yeah. Mark and I talk about it all the time on third and yeah. one. You can't keep calling quarterback seats. You got to be yeah. able to pound it in there. Right. So they still, and that's something that you can get. And this kid from UCLA, Charbonnet, I think I like him a lot. Oh, yeah, I do too. Yep, I think he'd he'd fit in perfectly. But see that? We're already getting excited about the draft. Um, And then I would say um, after that, I always say you can never have enough um, uh, wide receiver depth. Maybe I'll take a flyer on a wide receiver with potential. They have to move on from Brandon Powell. He played, in my opinion, down the stretch, he played terrible. He played. He ran out of bounds uh, a number of times, uncontested. I can't think of the last time he broke one uh, for a big play. Even and when he, didn't you used you used to be a big Brandon Powell fan, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Very different the year prior. 
This year, I thought with more burn, we would see more of that. He was much more tentative, uh, and he was getting the jet sweep calls much more frequently. But even on the return game, the Rams' return game was really – Yeah, pretty boring. Yeah. yeah. It so seemed that like there was a lot of times where he was close, but yet so far. He went, he went down way too easily this year. Way yeah. too easily this year yeah. on tackles in one-on-one scenarios. So I think they need to – And our special teams coach was also let go. Yep. So unless Tutu can show that he can do that, I don't know if he can necessarily do that. Maybe Karen Williams can do that um, as a nice way to get some more playing time. But they definitely got to get their return game up and running because it was yeah. – yeah, well, when this offense was in high gear and we were putting up 30 points a game, I was happy with a fair catch. But, yeah. but this past year, we needed something more uh, from the return game. That's for that's sure. That's the key, right? Because that translates directly to field position. Right. 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 So the last thing we can touch on, um, what's your outlook in one or two sentences for next year? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I think it's just nonsense that this team is in rebuild mode. They just need to get healthy, um, fill a couple of holes, and um, I think they'll be in the running. Uh, the, the NFC West will be tough next year. I think Seattle is going to be much improved. They have a lot of draft picks. San Francisco is obviously going to be very good. Uh, I think the Rams will be in the hunt for a playoff spot in December. Uh, I think Arizona is going to fall off drastically. But um, I'm 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 already looking forward to next year, and I, I'm very hopeful that they're going to be a pretty darn good team. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I, I agree 100. I, I think anybody that thinks this team is uh, is not going to be competitive next year is you know isn't doesn't know the roster and and so forth. They uh, we have studs, you know, these studs at every position. One thing I want to highlight is that these studs were healthy when it mattered, right? We didn't lose, like, we didn't lose any of our superstars early in the season when we still had hopes of having a good season. Like, all of our injuries were to players that weren't our studs, that were the complementary or the, or the you know, the, the role players, if you will, obviously led by that offensive line. But, you know, you think about it, Ramsey and Donald and Stafford and Cup and, you know, Floyd was a little banged up, but he played every every week. And so all of these guys, Havenstein, all these guys stayed healthy. Like we didn't, you know, it, the 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 threat of our team build model, right? The 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 risk is when a stud goes down because now you've now you don't now you're just filling your like the playoff like the playoff game in Green Bay where we lost right. Donald and Donald was at fifty percent and Cooper Cup couldn't play right and then you lose Cup in the and and you lose that well Cup wasn't you know considered that back in that on that one Super in the first Super Bowl but anyway the point to answer your question is that we get all of those guys back um, you know obviously they're going to need some luck on the health front uh, but we certainly learned a lot we already covered that about this team so we come back stronger better with some of the best players at each position group in the league, um, you know, top five player in each position group in the league, uh, and you know, arguably the top one or two or three, uh, you know, in some of these positions um, with Cup and Donald and so forth. So, no, very optimistic. Now, the, the thing, my thing is, I think we have only one more year of this. So this year we, we got, I figured last year we had two more years of it, and this year was a complete bust. So we have one more, we have a one more year run. And I don't think it's gonna, and then it's gonna, if we try and push it, it's gonna start to 
to fall off. There's one more good year um, with everybody coming back healthy, and that's going to be it. And then it's going to be uh, either a slow teardown or a slow rebuild or a fast one. I'm not sure which one they're going to choose, but it's going to uh, this time next year. It's going to be a very different conversation, but highly optimistic for next year. I think everybody's all in for one more run, and uh, so enjoy it while it lasts. How about you, Paul? Yeah, so um, I definitely think uh, some some of the points Tom made I think are spot on. One of the things I agree with, I think they're going to go all in for 23. And if you remember when we did the when we got together, when we did the cast last time, and we were talking about things like bringing in the honey badger and all this right? That off season, the mindset was, you know, about running it back, but something happened. Like after they signed Bobby Wagner and they got the roster set up, Rams forgot they got to play football, you know? So something, something happened with that mindset where I think they got comfortable. So I think what's going to happen, I think McVay is going to come back with a vengeance. You know, McVay is the last person you want to get annoyed. Uh, So I think, like I said, I think he's going to bring in some of his boys. I think, I think Callahan's going to come over. He's going to find a way to bring Callahan. And if Kingsbury wants to come, I think he's going to bring him over as well. I think they're going to load up. Um, I, if you look at this roster, how many teams can say they got a Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, a Matthew Stafford, a Cooper cup, you know, all on one roster. Bobby Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wags. Right. You got Allen Robinson. Hopefully he'll, you know, he'll wake up. Right. So, you got all these things going on. You have enough talent to win. You just got to figure out, and this is the key. Their, their, their star players, that sort of gap between their star players and that next level, they have to close that gap. So the key is going to be how the Rams coaching staff, who they identify and how they coach them up to, to take those ascending roles, like the Bryson Hopkins of the world, who's ever going to take – you know, that right guard position for the Rams, things of that nature. And we didn't even talk about like David Edwards, right? Guys like David right. Edwards, you know, so, or uh, young guys like uh, McCutcheon, right? So they, you know, that's going to be the key in the offseason is this combination of finding the young guys that are already on the roster that you can count on. Here's the key. You can't just pencil them in like they did this year. They, they got to show you that you can count on them and that they can deliver and then augment that Let's say a really cheap deal, Fletcher Cox comes over, right? A nice friendly deal. If they don't sign A Sean, if they decide not to go uh that way, you bring over Fletcher Cox on a deal that's affordable, right? Bring in guys that have that same mindset that want a ring. Start right. talking about that again. That should be the only thing. Enough with the talk about retirement. Listen, if you don't want to play, don't play. Retire. Go move on. Right. Right. Other guys that, that can do this. But the bottom line is they have to get themselves refocused again, re-energized. I'm excited about the upcoming season. I like the roster. They can bring in – they can be strategic. I think they're going to be competitive. Okay. I think we touched on everything. That was a really good discussion. Um, and what I'd like to do is have you guys back. Maybe we'll do a free agency uh, discussion and maybe uh, at some point, obviously, uh, talk about the uh, 2023 draft and uh, – good stuff that's always a lot of fun we can do our mocks uh, like we did last year if you guys are up for it um yeah, that, okay that was a great that was a great format by the way yeah, yeah thank was, you for doing it yeah let's hey before we go i'd love to hear everybody's uh um uh, playoff predictions for today's games and then going forward for through, throughout the playoffs so 
Uh, well, what do, you, um, what do you got, Mark? What are your this? This could be embarrassing because a lot of people will hear this, and the games will have already been played. But uh, <laughs> I'm obviously I've never pulled for the Cowboys before, and and if I'm going to pull for them, I'm going to pick them. Uh, before the playoffs started a year ago, I said uh, Rams Bengals, and this year before the playoffs started, I picked Bengals Eagles. So I'm sticking with that. Nice. Okay. Uh, so, so I'm sticking with the the Eagles um, to beat whoever wins today, and at home that's a that's a big advantage for them. And I don't know. I there's something about the Bengals. Uh, I think they're going to find a way to win. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's what I'll roll with. And and who do you have winning at all? Oh, um, I'll take the Bengals. Nice. And, and I I base that on uh, I I'm just guessing. I'm not going to – I don't have any X's or O's or stats or data to back that up, just a gut feeling. Probably 80% chance I'm going to be completely wrong on that, but that's what I'll roll with. Paul? So out of the NFC, for me, it's a it's a no-brainer. I'm going with the Eagles. I think the Cowboys win. I think Eagles and Cowboys. I think the Eagles come out of the NFC. Um, and I, I got to agree with Mark. I love the – the conversations that are coming out of the Bengals locker room, they're saying all the right things. And yes, I am totally biased. Yes. Zach Taylor, let's go boys. I think the Bengals are going to do it. Um, I think the health of Mahomes ankle, I think is going to decide that, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was huge. Right. Um, so I hope he's, I hope he's okay. Uh, but I think it's going to, I hate to say this. I think it's going to be Eagle Eagles and Bengals. It's going to be Clash of the Animals. And you're taking the Eagles, I assume? You know what? I got to go for the – I got Jalen Hurts was my fantasy guy, but Zach Taylor, I don't know. It's a toss-up. For me, that's a win-win scenario. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Eagles-Bengals. Yeah, and the winner is? I think, I think uh, Bengals win it at the end. Ah, we're on the same yeah. page then. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I think the Niners win today. Um Unfortunately, I'll be rooting for the Cowboys, but I do think the Niners are the are the superior team there. Uh, and I think the Bills beat the Bengals today, so we uh, we differ on that. Um, I think they, it'll be a close game, but I think the Bills will find a way to win at home. And I think that the uh, Bills will also beat the Chiefs at a neutral site. I didn't like what I saw yesterday from the Chiefs at all, um, and uh, and I think the Bills are are clicking. Um, I think the Eagles uh, beat the Niners in the NFC Championship game, and we get Eagles Bills in the Super Bowl in Arizona. And uh, I think the Eagles win it. I I really impressed with that team. That the trench play on both sides of the ball is is off the charts. And um, Jalen Hurts is making all the right decisions. They're running a very simple offense that takes advantage of that offensive line. I, I just, I love their defense and uh, I wish we had gotten Bradbury. He's really stepped up for them. Um, they just got to, they got to click him in every, uh, you want to talk about complimentary football. That's it. So uh, yeah, I don't think, I think the Eagles are unbeatable right at this point in time. If that was Jalen Hurts at less than a hundred percent, holy cow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he didn't obviously run as much as he, he has been, but his um, yeah, he's making great decisions, and that's the most. He's very accurate. Um, you know, they're picking their spots. Uh, everything's clicking for that team. That's very impressive. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think an, an Eagles Bengals or Eagles Bills um, Super Bowl would be highly entertaining as well. It'd be a lot of fun. A lot of points are going to be scored. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. Hey, thanks a lot. Um, we'll sign off here for now, and I really appreciate your time. Got uh, over an hour of some really good content here, and uh, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you both real soon. Okay. All right. Okay, thanks, for your time. thanks for your time, guys. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamahama. Hama.